Whoa, and I almost forgot to hit the record button. I li- actually, you know what? This is what ha- this is. I'm just going to use this. We're going to we're going to start the intro again. <laughs> I was like, oh, I could I could uh, I could put the uh, I could put the the intro song in after and fix it. But this is a live show. All right, take two. You're listening to the Hashgraph Enthusiast Show. Hosted by Brandon Davenport, a.k.a. It's Brandon D. There we go. There we go. I'm getting the hang of it, guys. So many buttons, so many switches to push around here. And this is going to be a good one. we got a lot to talk about today. With that, hello from Ottawa, Canada. My name is Brandon Davenport, aka it's Brandon D. It is, geez, what is the day? My God, it's Wednesday, January 3rd, 2024. Happy New Year, everybody. I hope the New Year is treating everybody well. It's been an interesting one so far. It is episode 107 of the Hashgraph Enthusiast Show. You ain't seen nothing yet. There's a Canadian band called Botling Turner Overdrive that has a song called You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet. So it's kind of like Canadian music reference. Yada, yada. Um, yeah, this is a weekly news show. We talk all about Hedera, Hashgraph, all the related organizations, HBAR, HBARbarians, Hedarians, um, and all the top stories. All about that. I'm all about the Hedera. And also, too, I want to you know, touch on some things in the crypto industry just because it's important to know about, you know, um, here's some stuff we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about saucer swap. Of course, I think they're a top of mind for everybody. Um, there's like this mystery player that it's been in the Hedera ecosystem called wise key that was on my radar a little bit. I think we talked about them on the show in the summer last summer, but recently there was a headline that came out this week. Um, that was very interesting to me. We're going to talk about some of the replies I got from the community about what HBAR holders should be watching for this year. Um, HBAR, the HBAR Bull did two great episodes over the holidays. There was just a couple things I want to touch on that were really interesting to me. Um, Neuron's been putting out some spicy tweets. The Hedera president, Charles, has been putting out some spicy tweets. Um, got some Dovu stuff. Got some HBAR domain things to mention. Um, and we're talking about Bitcoin and stuff, of course. I think that's huge right now. But yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a very uh, very packed episode. But I think the new format will be able to move through, through things. Um, and you know, listening to the show, if you are you know listening live right now on X Spaces, you know every Wednesday. 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific time. That's when to tune in. Um, just follow me on X at it's Brandon D. Um, this is currently live, but if you're listening, you know, on YouTube or Apple Podcasts or Spotify or um, whatever, whatever other place you enjoy listening to podcasts, um, it is recorded. So it goes up the following day. 
And huge shout out to everyone, you know, sharing and subscribing and reviewing and engaging on those platforms. It helps it grow. It means a lot. I love uh, YouTube is great for the comments. Like there's a lot of really great comments that people leave on YouTube. Um, and I mean, that I know this is an audio show. I do want to have more video stuff in the future, but so far on YouTube, it's, it's kind of been fun. It's been good. I mean, the show averages about in total, like, you know, at least a thousand listeners per episode. So it's not bad. Um, and yeah, if you're listening to the live show on X spaces right now, give it a share. Um, the more, the merrier. And you know, the new website, I was talking about that just before the show and, uh, Updated the website for Hashgraph Enthusiasts. I'm pretty excited about it. Got a new domain name, hashgraph.news. The website has, you know, all the previous episodes, all the ways to listen, all the info about the show. So it's if you want to get plugged in, hashgraph.news. Check it out. I'm digging it. Can't believe I got that domain name. Um, yeah. So one of the new things I want to do in the show is I got a lot of great answers from people in the Hedera community. And I ask a question and, you know, near the end of the show, I'm just going to read kind of what, what people sent just to kind of their response to the question. But the question I asked, and I guess I'll ask of everybody right now um, listening, there's a little uh, comment button at the bottom right of the spaces. You can click that and leave a comment. I'd be curious to hear people's answers to this question, which is what's the most important thing for an HBAR holder to watch for in 2024? So like what, you know, as, you know, Hashgraph enthusiasts, you know, what are, what's your top of mind thing going into this year in the Hedera ecosystem? What should, you know, maybe new HBAR holders keep an eye out for this year? Very interesting responses so far. Um, curious to see if anyone listening has anything to chime in on with that. Um, so let's dive into some... Uh, popular headlines these are things from around the crypto sphere that are important to know about um, one of them is you know of course we saw bitcoin surpass forty five thousand. Um, that was pretty big um, and largely you know that's due to um you know all the rumors surrounding this etf stuff um and the big news around that is the SEC, right? The Securities and Exchange Commission is set to give a notification potentially as early as this week regarding those ETFs. And I mean, a quick refresher, you know, the SEC has been kind of, a, you know, a shared enemy of the crypto industry and, and their approach has been kind of confusing. And, uh, you know, Gary Gensler at the SEC has been taking a lot of the heat for that. There are, you know, Bitcoin ETFs, you know, ETF being a exchange traded fund, um, which would effectively allow anybody with access to the stock market in the U.S. to buy Bitcoin without needing to create a wallet. So you can easily kind of see what that would be able to do for onboarding the masses um, and getting liquidity into the market. So really what the story's been all last year and up until now is just, you know, the SEC has been continually slowing the process of those ETFs um, arriving at the market. There's a lack of clarity. There's that kind of ongoing battle. But the big news uh, regarding the SEC and the approval of Bitcoin ETFs is that the SEC could make a decision as early as today or tomorrow, according to Reuters. Asset managers that submitted timely filings could launch spot Bitcoin ETFs as early as January 10th the SEC's decision date for the ARC 
and 21 shares ETF. So basically there's a few institutions that want to launch these Bitcoin ETFs, right? I think the main one people have been watching is BlackRock, right? Um, and so Bloomberg's ETF analysts have given uh, an over 90% chance of approval, which is possibly higher now, and a likely deadline of January 10th. So the deadline is kind of when they'll go to the market. The SEC's notification will come, you know, maybe today or tomorrow, or at least this week, potentially. Well, according to Bloomberg, over a 90% chance. However, uh, oh, real quick, the, the other note on the Bloomberg stuff is the SEC may notify issuers of spot Bitcoin ETFs as early as today um, that have been cleared for launch next week. However, uh, Matrix Report's latest report claims that the SEC will reject all Bitcoin spot ETFs in January. That just came out today, which is weird. Uh, and final approval may be achieved in quarter two. Despite this, TD Cohen believes that the SEC will approve the ETFs by January 10th. Um, so basically, you know, I think there's a strong chance they'll be approved. That's generally what most analysts and people are saying. Um, and really, it's it, it comes down to the fact that, like we talked about on the last episode, companies are now running um, television ads for Bitcoin ETFs, right? Like there was like that most interesting, most interesting man in the world. Here, let me see if I can, uh, let me see if I can pull this up. Uh, Bitcoin ETF ad. It might be interesting to see how many views these have, but this, this has a really big um, impact on, um, you know, Hedera as well. Like if, if liquidity flows into this industry, it's, it's good for Hedera, but this is, this is the Bitcoin ETF ad. Check this out. You know, what's interesting these days, Bitcoin cut. What if we get him? Like this is an ad going out on TV, right? This is crazy. You know what's interesting these days? Bitcoin. Look for Bitwise, my friends. So that's Bitwise with their Bitcoin ETF. So like these, and Google, you know, redid their kind of like ad policies for this type of stuff. So I don't know if these companies are going to be moving forward in this way if, you know, it wasn't pretty serious. Um, and, you know, as, as we've seen, you know, leading up to this, in the last, you know, home stretch, it's like there's a lot of downward pressure. People, you know, institutions are like, you know, crypto's bad or this or that or there's slowdowns. Like, there's also speculation of, hey, are they? Tr are, is there this downward pressure for people to get in their positions before it's approved? Who knows? Um, now, there was a scoop posted by Eleanor Tourette on X, who's like a journalist, and and this was something that picked up a lot of attention just probably about an hour ago. Um, the SEC is holding meetings today with the exchanges, NASDAQ, CBOE, and the New York Stock Exchange to finalize comments on the 19B4S submitted by the Bitcoin spot ETF issuers. So basically, stuff's moving. The train's picking up steam. Uh, and we're going to have to see what happens with Bitcoin spot ETFs, but it will have an impact on the Hedera ecosystem. Um, now, the cr total crypto market cap is nearing or is just past kind of $900 billion. So that's another thing too, is this, uh, as the market approaches, you know, that 100 trillion mark or the, sorry, the 1 trillion mark, um, you know, it, it, it is a sign that things are picking back up. I think that a lot, like the, I would say the majority of investors would say 
that the that the 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 worst of the bear market is over, you know. Um, and you know, another funny metric is Solana NFT sales surpassed Ethereum, right? So these are all signs that there is volatility entering the space again, that there's money entering the space again, that there are shifts happening. Um, and you know, it's it, it's it's going to be interesting to see how Hedera fits into it all, but. The reality is, is that these types of things happening in the peripheral are going to have an effect um, on Hedera. Um, now, uh, there's been a sell-off too. The last thing is like there was a bit of a sell-off on um, Bitcoin, like it dipped a bit. Um, there's a great point made regarding that that was, um, you know, this is likely tax related because a lot of people were like, oh, is Bitcoin, you know, going down because... Um, of the, you know, the, the ETF stuff with the, with kind of the hesitations or potential, um, non-approval, but, um, really I think it's just, you know, ta is selling, um, for the next tax year or whatever, you know, if you're not on a, on a different fiscal year for companies, so I think that's mostly what it is. Um, now I want to dive into, um, our main stories just real quick. The show is, uh, approaching, 150 episodes. We just had our hundredth episode. Um, and shout out to, I can't remember who shared it on Twitter, but someone today was like, Hey, I'm listening to the, uh, hundredth episode of Hashgraph enthusiasts. Um, who is that? Oh yeah. They're listening. Shout out to, uh, new dot hangry. I don't know how to pronounce your name. N I E U shout out to you. Appreciate you. Um, and yeah, on the show, we've covered every major story. We have many great guests on the show. It's independent, community-supported, no ads, no sponsors. Um, so if you'd like to, um, there's a post pinned to the top of the spaces. Leave a tip in HBAR. Really appreciate the contributions. I mean, um, the reason the show has a bunch of new equipment and, you know, we're making all these upgrades and changes and stuff is, you know, just people sending HBAR to the show. So um, it's it's awesome to have a, like a community-run, independent um, kind of news show for the ecosystem which I dig. Um, so appreciate everybody supporting the show. The uh, Hedera wallet address is in that post above. So Saucer Swap. Um, Saucer Swap has really kind of been at the forefront of a lot of things, um, especially in the Hedera ecosystem. Um, and I think that when I look at saucer swap, I really see a battle hardened team. I mean, Hedera DeFi, like DeFi in general, like let's just look at, you know, decentralized finance, even centralized finance. Let's look at that over the last, you know, year or so in, in just the overall industry. It's been brutal, right? I mean, the crypto market in general has been brutal, but on Hedera, you know, the DeFi ecosystem we have DEXs, but we don't necessarily have lendings or lending. We don't necessarily have a retail Oracle there. Are, and we need, you know, we don't have, um, you know, liquidity for stable coins, right? Like USDC minted on Hedera. So there's like, there's so many headwinds and so many challenges with DeFi on Hedera. And I mean, uh, that's how it goes. I mean, we're at the beginning. This is, uh, you know, the 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 DeFi ecosystem on Hedera is kind of still in its infancy a little bit, but it's a hard space. And so you look at Saucer Swap, 
and the success that they've had and kind of the recent um, news around them and especially the the price of the sauce token um, it really shows like definitely a battle hardened team and a dex that is now in the top 25 on DeFi llama so um, the DeFi ecosystem on Hedera is really being led by saucer swap in, in all sorts of different ways um, just from a just strict numbers standpoint um, and there's many opportunities over this year like over 2023 where they really could have had major fumbles um, but didn't they made a lot of really important decisions uh, that I think were really good and overcome a lot of different crazy challenges like especially you know if anyone remembers kind of the vulnerability and exploit that happened in March last year you know even something like that is so crazy um, but they've been really aggressive with their marketing too like if people noticed um, we talked about this on the last episode but in general in crypto a lot of people are you know concerned and frustrated with um, increased fees and failed transactions and all those different things on different networks we've seen like on Solana and Cardano and um, Avalanche and uh, Ethereum and you know so people are you know expressing a lot of frustration regarding fees and different things like that and so saucer swap has been completely out in front on that and really hammering the point home that Hedera has low fixed fees and the benefits to their decks and they've been doing that and it's got a lot of really good engagement um i don't know if we've hit the the point yet where people from other networks um are kind of seriously looking at saucer swap as an alternative in a big way but what i will say is that um what we're seeing with saucer swap right now i feel is kind of the byproduct of just being a survivor of a bear market. It's really kind of the community and this ecosystem, like rallying behind saucer swap a little bit and kind of like they, they've really shown that they can withstand a lot. Um, and so going into a bull market um, where arguably you do, you, you also will have many, many challenges. Um, you kind of look at saucer swap and you go, okay, you know, this team, this decks, um, not only does it have like an unfair advantage in a few key areas that they've been talking about just because it's built on Hedera, um, but it's a great team. Now, one thing that was interesting is uh, I think it was last week, must have been last week, there were mirror node issues that Saucer Swap was experiencing that were slowing things down. And, and again, this is another interesting component of this is um, saucer swap is growing and the amount of HTS transactions that they were doing was causing it network issues with the mirror nodes. And so we're, we're seeing something else interesting play out where a community startup DAP, you know, Dex, like a community app, right. Is, is driving that scale of the network. Like saucer swap was having so much traffic that it, it's it's really sparking more conversations about scaling the network in different ways and stuff. So that's exciting to see. That's kind of the, it's very similar to when we talk about the soft kind of TPS uh, limit or or um, or thresholds at the 10K TPS where, you know, of course the network can process, you know, um, upwards of 100,000 transactions on one shard. But 
um, as optimizations are put into place, the network is kind of soft, limited to 10,000 transactions per second as things kind of open up. Um, similar as we kind of see use cases ramp up on the mainnet, they'll have to increase that limit. That's kind of what we're seeing play out with saucer swap, right? We're seeing a use case enter a new level of utilization where those types of conversations are happening. So it's very interesting. They just hit $70 million TVL, which is exciting. They're almost at 2 million trades. Uh, I want to see, are they at 2 million trades? I wanted to have them on the show too. I reached out. They're not doing live interviews right now, but um, yeah, those guys, those guys are busy. Uh, the Sasso Swap guys are busy. I do uh, speak with them frequently and they're uh, good folks, but yeah, so uh, 1.99 million all-time trades so that's that's also quite a uh milestone 260 million trade volume 45 million dollar market cap obviously that was at the time of writing these notes it's about 41 million now just because of the drop or 42 million um they're up you know over 350 percent in the last 90 days the sauce token um they achieved an all-time high weekly trade volume on their decks and as i said you know they're number 25 uh, in terms of TVL on DeFi Llama. So it's so the real deal. Like Saucer Swap is turning out to be the real, the, like a, a, the real deal when it comes to decentralized uh, finance um, in its most basic form on the network. And I think that's really what, what, the, what they did was they chose to do um, the, the basic simple stuff, do it really, really well and kind of branch out from there. But um, you know, there's a lot of stuff they want to work on. But I like that they're focusing on the fundamentals. They also published um, a Medium article that was kind of like a retrospective back through 2023. There's a few excerpts from it. Um, one is they said, in February, we smoothly transitioned away from the HBAR Foundation grant by extending HBAR rewards to yield farmers indefinitely via a novel yield-bearing wrapped HBAR contract that takes advantage of Hedera's proof-of-stake rewards. So... Um, that was huge because a lot of people were concerned with saucer swap of, well, when they run out of money from the H bar foundation, how are they going to um, continue, uh, you know, providing that yield to liquidity pool, you know, providers, liquidity providers. Um, so they really did a smart thing where the, um, when you stake your H bar on the network and you get um, those staking rewards, basically the wrapped H bar contract that saucer swap has allows for that H bar inside that contract to be staked as well. So it's like pretty interesting. Um, I know that the, there, there's, you know, conversation around wrapped H bar in general on the Hedera network, but that was a big, that was a big thing for saucer swap making that switch. It, it's, they're like kind of like self-sustainable in a way, which is really cool. Uh, they also said, as we approach 2 million total trades, saucer swap, has facilitated interaction for users of all types with Hedera DeFi in a permissionless, non-custodial environment with an average transa transaction speed of five seconds and a cost of less than 10 cents uh, fixed in US dollars, regardless of network traffic. See, they keep hammering that point, which is really important. SaucerSwap has realized its vision of a decentralized uh, access to fair, accessible, um, and efficient trading protocol on Hedera, the most performant network in Web3. So, really kind of hammering all their points there. Um, and yeah, I think that that's a huge talking point they have. Now, 
going into 2024 on that article, they highlighted some things they're working on. I wanted to touch on these. So in development right now that are that they're working on currently is the Sauce Pro program. We've seen a lot of other exchanges um, doing stuff like this, like Coinbase Pro. Um, and, you know, there was an NFT platform that did it. But a lot of these platforms are, are offering, you know, uh, kind of a, a subscription service that unlocks new um, elements of the app or DAP um, and maybe access to like different information and all sorts of things like that. So Sauce Pro, they're going to be doing that. Um, they're also uh, working on active liquidity management protocol integration, um, an upgraded buyback program. Uh, they want to initiate more custom tailored uh, Larry campaigns. So that's the reward, the, the incentivized reward system that Saucer Swap has. Um, they want to do better analytics for uh, the, those reward incentives. And they're going to be working on web app optimizations. I know that they're at like their website, they were having some speed issues with it. Um, so they're just working on those. So it sounds like they got some housekeeping to do and they also have some things to complete from last year. Very curious about Sauce Pro. Um, Another thing they have, they have some stuff prioritized for development. So these are things on the near-term roadmap. So one is token-weighted voting system, which is very interesting. We've seen that on a few other platforms, but the whole kind of governance DAO component for a DAP like Saucer Swap would be very interesting to see. Like when, when Dovu did their token migration to HTS and utilized um, Galaxy's... Uh, DAO voting platform. It was really seamless. Like the, the the Dovu community voted with their tokens and it was accomplished and it was really great. So seeing that on Saucer Swap more would be very interesting. Um, uh, an auto router um, and then prioritize for developments, uh, things that are planned, but not like not yet in development are community pools, right? That's a, that's been a big uh, point of conversation um, on chain limit orders which I think a lot of people have been looking for is being able to do a limit order on saucer swap um, front end bridge integration, fiat on ramp integration, batch transactions with hip five, five, one. So that's going to be hip five, five, one and batch transactions on saucer swap are going to be a huge boost in kind of just the quality of the product and the user experience, like the ease of doing it, which again is just going to be perfect. Um, as we enter into, you know, that bull market. Um, and Hedera Wallet Connect integration. So, I mean, with Saucer Swap, with stuff like this, I like we really need to talk about these apps as much as we do about the Hedera network itself. I mean, we're at a point now where um, it's going to be so important for Hedera to have an application that's used by millions of people um, that maybe don't necessarily know it's built on Hedera, right? Um, and and when you look at Saucer Swap um, as a DEX, it's it, the future seems really bright for Saucer Swap. And I think that you look at Saucer Swap and you look at a few other use cases on Hedera, a few other companies and startups and DApps and stuff, and it, it's pretty clear that we have some really good success stories. They're hard to see right now because everybody collectively has been kind of like, um, stifled by the bear market. But I think there are a lot of really battle-hardened surviving use cases on Hedera that are really primed for a lot of success. Um, and you can see it in the numbers, 
right? When you look at the sauce token, it's up, you know, 350% over the 90 days. It's seen some really great price action. Clearly there's traction, right? People are literally putting their money where their mouth is. Um, so it's going to be very interesting. Um, and I want to move on to this other story. It's very interesting. This is a very, very interesting story. This is on the topic of new use cases, rumors, potential new governing council members. Um, but we're at the kind of the very beginnings of it. And this is about WiseKey. I don't know how many folks um, have taught, have, have kind of heard about WiseKey. Um, and, and kind of on this too, just a reminder, you know, I'm asking listeners a question and I've asked the community um, over the last couple of days, this question and got a lot of great responses. If you want to provide um, your response to this question, just hit that little um, comment button on the bottom right in Twitter spaces here and let me know. But the question is, what's the most important thing for an HBAR holder to watch for in 2024? Lots of great answers so far. Leave your answer. Um, but again, this is where my head goes with who is WiseKey. So WiseKey uh, are a publicly traded uh, company. They're, they're kind of an umbrella corporation for a bunch of other companies. I'd guess, you know, the whole conglomerate is maybe, you know, tens or hundreds of millions of dollars. They give me a very startup vibe. Um, now, they got a funding round different from an investment, but they got a funding round from the, the Hashgraph Association in Switzerland in August, and now they're getting an investment. So as we've talked about before, the Hashgraph Association is switching more kind of to a um, equity model instead of funding. So instead of what the HBAR Foundation does where they give a grant, the, the Hashgraph Association more directly invests in startups. Um, so it's a different model. Um, and so WiseKey is now getting an investment from the Hashgraph Association and they want to use Hedera. Um, and so what WiseKey does is they're, they have a lot of different aspects of their business that are perfect for applications on Hedera and experience in web three that are really relevant for Hedera, but where they're starting and where they started in August and where they're continuing is, um, one of their platforms called wise art wise.art so they seem to be kind of diving in first to the nft space so overall they're really strong and focused on the iot space right internet of things space which we hear about a lot um, in the hedera ecosystem from you know for example like dell technologies or ibm or other governing council members or even companies like neuron or citadel wallet that you know there's there's hedera has a lot of applications in iot um, WiseKey is also focused on microprocessor uh, designs and manufacturing for, you know, like cars and drones and satellites. So also like, you know, they do have a hardware focus. Um, the IoT components of their business really feel similar to Neuron. So like if anyone's familiar with the Neuron use case on Hedera, they're kind of like aviation, drones, IoT. They I saw them uh, talk um, in LA last year and you know, they, we've talked about them a lot on the show, but this, this, uh, you know, wise key that that component of their business kind of reminds me of Neuron quite a bit. Now, in 2021, wise key got into blockchain, and this is kind of how they got started, which I found really interesting. I watched an interview with their CEO, and they sent up a satellite that minted NFTs via Casper, the Casper network, 
Um, and this was to provide a secure connection. So these are tiny little satellites. And basically they ran the transactions up in space via satellite because you're effectively like air gapped from the planet. You know, if you're doing transactions off planet, it adds another layer of security. So that was their thought process is like doing crypto transactions up in space. (laughs) You know, so interesting. They have a really, really big focus on cybersecurity. And so when you look at their first dive into Hedera over the last few months, um, you know, they're minting NFTs on the Hedera network. They have a um, they have a, a marketplace. It appears to me to kind of be a little bit multi-chain. Um, and they're doing physical NFTs. And there's there, you know, there's a theme emerging right now with Hedera and satellites. Um you know, there was that conversation that, uh, you know, the community had with people at SpaceX and then um, a few other things. But yeah, there's, there's this new there's this new theme. Even Lehman has, has spoken to this of like the off world, uh, you know, interplanetary uh, structure of a DLT. Like what would it look like for Hedera to be operating in space and in satellites? And so it's very, very interesting stuff. So um Let's take a, another bit of a look at WiseKey as a business, just because this reminds me a lot as well of kind of like uh, Hyundai, where they announced kind of a specific use case that was supply chain, um, ESG on Hedera. And it was kind of out of nowhere a little bit. They're not a governing council member. They're a large corporation. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what comes from that. But again, these are similar because it's a company that's kind of like starting to build a use case. They're not a governing council member, but they, it seems like they could be governing council material or, um, you know, I don't know how big they are as a company. I don't think they're that big. Um, but let's, let's look at this and you make up your mind about what could be happening with wise key and Hedera. So wise key international holding limited, commonly referred to as WiseKey, is a global company known for its expertise in cybersecurity, digital identity, and IoT solutions. As a Swiss-based holding company, WiseKey operates through several subsidiaries, each focusing on different areas of technology. So um, the right away, cybersecurity and digital identity solutions. Like, what phrase have we heard the most from the Hedera ecosystem? It's digital identity solutions. So WiseKey specializes in robust cybersecurity solutions, including root of trust, right? So a little bit of the provenance type stuff, public key infrastructure, essential for secure authentication and identification in various sectors, especially IoT, blockchain, and AI. So off the bat, you know, some of these technologies they're working on and being connected to Hedera and already leveraging the network, you kind of go, okay, this is very similar to a lot of use cases we've been seeing, very similar. Um, So IoT solutions, so with the deployment of over 1.6 billion microchips, right? So WiseKey has 1.6 billion microchips out there across various IoT sectors, so large industry footprint. WiseKey plays a significant role in securing the internet of things. Their technology is crucial in ensuring the safe communication between interconnected devices so that's kind of where that vibe comes in of like oh well you know we'll mint an nft in space via satellites so now these are some of their subsidiaries so uh seals q corp focuses on the semiconductors um the private key infrastructure or public key infrastructure and post quantum technology products so again even more alignment with hedera hedera is very focused on post quantum stuff 
so right away when I started reading about that with wise key, I was like, oh, okay, another, yet another kind of similarity. Um, wise sat AG specializes in space technology, particularly secure satellite communication for IOT applications. So right there, you know, doing crypto things in space. Wise.art corporation operates, operates wise.art marketplace for secure NFT transactions. Um, and then uh, post quantum cryptography, uh, WiseKey is actively involved in developing cryptographic methods that are secure against potential attacks by quantum computers, a field known as post-quantum cryptography. Again, an area that Hedera kind of excels in. So already just looking at WiseKey, and again, WiseKey as, as an overall company isn't necessarily involved with Hedera. Their, their subsidiary WiseArt is it got a grant and an investment from the Hashgraph Association. So let's take a, a little closer look at WiseKey. So, or sorry, at WiseArt. Real, real quick, like the naming of these uh, these companies is insane. Like they, they spell it capital W-I-S, lowercase e, and then the word key. And then their subsidiaries, like they're spelled so weird you can barely read them. So corporate. Um, so there's a press release put out about this investment, I think it was put out yesterday um, from the Hashgraph Association. So uh, WiseKey International, um, a global leader in cybersecurity, digital identity, and the Internet of Things, solutions, blah, 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 blah. So through its subsidiary, Wise.art, a leader in the field of digital art and luxury collectibles, is proud to announce their closing uh, the closing of a strategic investment round with the Hashgraph Association, um, a, a Swiss-based nonprofit association is accelerating the broad adoption of the Hedera network globally. Um, so another excerpt from this press release that I found interesting that we talked about, uh, that we know we haven't touched on yet, but is Sealcoin. This is something that was very interesting about this. So Sealcoin is a digital token and an advanced crypto cryptocurrency protocol offered by Seals Q that we talked about. Again, this, this is like this is like spaghetti to untangle. Um, offered by Seals Q Corp, a subsidiary of WiseKey, which focuses on developing and selling semiconductors, personal uh, uh, public key infrastructure, and post-quantum technology hardware and software products. Sealcoin is designed to establish a robust economy specifically for billions of internet-driven devices, enabling them to exchange not just data, but also currency seamlessly. So what's going on there? So this is a company that wants to take billions of IoT devices and make it so they can exchange not just data, but also currency, right? So you again, this is what gets me thinking about Neuron and gets me excited because... Maybe they're not using Hedera for this specifically, but again, it's it's these types of use cases, these types of companies starting to crowd around Hedera and not only have these ideas, but go, well, someone else is also currently doing this. So it definitely will work for this other use case. So it's very interesting to see. The tokenization of wise.art's equity shares. So this is uh, another kind of hook that they have to this announcement that's also interesting so wise.art, they want to tokenize the equity shares um, through the legal and regulatory compliant issuance of digital shares under the Swiss regulatory framework and using the Hedera token service. 
So this is going to enable the future of investment and enhances efficiency, liquidity, and security of share trading with the subsequent listing of Wise.Art's tokenized equity shares on a regulated digital securities exchange. So what's what's that press release part there? So basically, this is a company that wants to take the shares of their company, tokenize them on the Hedera token service in preparation for a regulated digital securities exchange. So, so much to unpack there because this is something they've been working on for a while. It's clear that they have determined they would like to use Hedera token service for the shares of this company, their subsidiary, Wise.Art. And they are clearly forecasting the arrival of a you know regulated digital securities exchange. So what they're talking about is a stock market full of stocks that aren't traditional stocks in the sense of how they're technically implemented, but are still stocks through and through, you know, their shares in a company. But instead, those being minted on a network like Hedera. So that's very interesting to me. Um, and it also makes it interesting that they're, they're stocks in a company that is an NFT marketplace. Like it, there, there's, there's so many different interesting components to this. Now, I got to be honest, I went on the wise.art website, it, it blows, like this marketplace, like this website really sucks. Um, let me see here, uh, wise art. Yeah, platform.wise.art. Um, oh, now I get it. Maybe the dots in their name are their domain names, I guess. Cute. Um, so I'm just waiting for this to load. But yeah, you got NFTs from like, Ethereum, some different things, but it's a, it's slow. I don't know. I, I Maybe they're going to be redoing a lot of their products. Maybe that's what this invest, investment is about. Maybe they're going to be revamping it, but I will say like as is, as a marketplace, it like the, the website is not great. But the reason I'm excited about it is it's really a tiny, small component of what this overall company is doing. Um, and I mean like, I love to see, you know, new players enter the NFT space. And they're doing something interesting, though. So they're offering white labeling options specifically designed for NFTs. So um, the NFTs not only represent the digital asset, but also link it irreversibly to a physical object. This provides proof of ownership, provenance, use, and monetization strategies via smart contracts. So again, leveraging the Hedera EVM uh, for smart contract functionality. So... Um, although on the surface, you know, the website is kind of garbaggio, you know, you can't judge a book by its cover. Many, many times in this ecosystem, I've seen, um, you know, use cases and stuff boot up and they've just kind of not been great, but they turn out to be incredible. So I'm not going to judge it by the website. I just was on it and I was like, Jesus. Um, also the platform also offers wise ID which acts as a trusted identity service. It allows users to securely access web and mobile applications through robust authentication processes. So like when you think of NFTs and like, you know, crypto NFTs and like all that kind of stuff, security, like cybersecurity isn't something that generally comes to mind. It's not something generally associated with NFTs. Maybe it is inherently just because of the blockchain or the hash graph. But like when you really think about it, I can see how NFTs, a pain point for 
NFT infrastructure is a lack of security. We've seen a lot of issues. So looking at it through this lens, I'm, I'm very interested to see what they do. I'm hoping what they do is kind of the route of like open sourcing and standardization and participating in, you know, um, consortiums and stuff, but we'll have to see if the, if, cause it sounds like it's a pretty big scope. They highlight Hedera on their website too, which is great. The tech optimizes and the way they highlight Hedera is very interesting to me. I think that's, I think it's important to pay attention to how, um, to how companies and use cases frame Hedera. This is how they frame Hedera. It's very interesting. This tech optimizes Ethereum's virtual machine, smart contracts, and provides efficient native tokenization and consensus services. That's a great, like that's a great way of flipping it, right? Like we don't necessarily, like when we talk about Hedera, we don't necessarily lead with the fact that it's, you know, an optimization of Ethereum's virtual machine, but that may be really appealing to folks on other networks. So it's a really, and, and then, you know, tacking on, you know, and provides efficient native tokenization and consensus services. So that's interesting. Consequently, it facilitates the development of real-time Web3 applications and systems. I, you know, it's very corporate. That was another thing about this marketplace is it feels so corporate, like there's no soul to it. So it feels like it really is like a minimum viable product. Um, and I think it'll go over a major under, like my prediction is this marketplace goes over, like, like goes under a major overhaul um, very soon. Um, now it also, we have seen many times investments in different marketplaces on Hedera that are very, um, like the marketplaces that have seen success on Hedera were, were relatively simple, right? Like Zeus market had success. Uh, sent X has a lot of success right now. Um, and you know, there, you know, there's been a few others like, um, uh, hash guild, but the point is, is that largely they're successful because they're kind of focused on the Hedera community a little bit. And, and some of these multi-chain marketplace plays and stuff like that, it's like, we've seen them kind of fizzle out. Like we've seen many, um, Hedera marketplaces, um, that, you know, get investment and support and funding, but like, don't really go anywhere. Like you could look at the DEX ecosystem, right? Um, you know, no need to, no need to name names, but you know, it's, it's, it's tough to compete in this market right now. So it'll be interesting to see if there is success. Um, and will they bring, like, this is also a huge problem I see with new NFT marketplaces or w whatever it may be is when they bring new, like, will they be bringing new customers to the network or will they expect the, the kind of like the Hedera NFT ecosystem to jump in? Like, is this going to be a thing of like new marketplace launched and revamp and all those kinds of things? And really hoping that Hedera NFT holders like go there and you know, buy like a, you know, Gucci handbag or something or whatever. It's like, I don't know for sure. Um, another thing that comes to mind too is like Twigital, like uh, how you do the 3D scanning of objects and stuff to record provenance. I don't know. I, I, I think that I'm, I think that I'm, you know, poo-pooing it quite a bit just from my first impressions. But again, don't want to judge a book by its cover. And again, this is just one aspect of this company. This is like a little drop right and and really kind of it led my brain to a few different places of like okay so this is a company that's using hedera right now um shout out to uh neo.hangry they gotta go appreciate you thanks for sharing episode 100 cheers um 
This is why I like doing a live show. You know, I like chilling out with people. But yeah. Um, now, there's some use case ideas for WiseKey. Um, if we look, if we kind of project and kind of look into kind of the rumor thing and look, okay, so WiseKey, right? Sure, they got a NFT marketplace. Cool. Um, but what else are they doing? What else could they do? Um, now, tokenized equity share, obviously we talked about that. Um, authentication of a digital art collection. So using wise.art um, to create a digital marketplace where artists can sell NFTs um, and ensuring each piece is authenticity and provenance for sure. IoT device transactions. So using Sealcoin in, in IoT devices could enable them to autonomously execute transactions such as, you know, a smart refrigerator ordering and paying for groceries. That's kind of where this is. Or if you look at it in the satellite context, right? It's like satellites being able to perform transactions autonomously off earth, you know, or, you know, a car being able to pay another car for something or microtransactions or who knows what it could be. Um, also implementing seal cues, post-quantum cryptography and automotive systems right? It could secure vehicle to vehicle infrastructure. So very soon cars are going to have to talk to each other much more. That's going to have to be secure. Imagine like, um, hacking the communications of two cars talking to each other. Yikes. Um, and of course, you know, satellites, satellite communication, there's a lot of different things here, but yeah, wise key. Um, it's on my radar. Uh, I saw the original headline in August about the kind of funding from the Hashgraph association that they got. And, you know, wasn't that interesting, but because it's an investment now, they're actually giving up equity to the, I assume they're giving up equity to the association. Um, it's very interesting. Very, very interesting. I want to talk real quick now about our last main story, and then we'll just kind of go through some other stuff. Um, and if anyone wants to come up, feel free to request to speak. would be more than happy to have some folks come up on the show. Um, but... I asked a question of the community, and I and I, um, I uh, asked uh, folks live right now, and and I'm going to read these out. But if you do have any um, answers to this question, leave it in the comments. There's a little comment button at the bottom right of the spaces. Leave a comment. Let me know what you think. But the question is, what's the most important thing for an H bar holder to watch for in 2024? And there's been a few good responses from people on X. Um, Tatsuaki Akamoto, the uh, the uh, one of the legends in the Hedera space right now, um, putting out some great content, um, coming in hot, responded. He says, more enterprise use cases with high throughput ideally going live should be top a top metric of success given the core network strategy. So that's a great point. Um, and he'd also like to see the council filled by end of year. I've heard a lot of people say that, that they expect or they predict that the governing council could be filled by the end of this year. That'd be, that would be about one governing council member a month, 10 seats. So kind of, yeah, kind of one governing council member a month. So going to be interesting. Um, someone else says, uh, at poly two, two, one says governing council use cases going live permissionless nodes, um, new governing council members. Um, so that's a really great point is permissionless nodes. I don't know if we're going to like, 
we have to permissionless nodes happen after community nodes and community nodes happen after permissioned nodes. So um, I would say we'd love to see permissioned nodes and community nodes. That would be huge. Like, I don't know if that's going to happen this year. I personally, I get the sense that there's like a 50, 50 chance that community nodes happen this year. That's the sense I get. Um, and again, I think that it's important to remember kind of like permissioned nodes are the first step before that. That would mean that, a, for example, um, a company that wants to be on the governing council, but maybe can't make it to the governing council could run a node anyways without being on the governing council. Um, so that would be the first step. Um, someone else says $5 H bar. Hey, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that's crazy. $5 H bar. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm so done with seeing crazy H bar predictions out there and, and kind of like shooting them down. Sure. $5 H bar. Um, yeah. Use case is going live on mainnet. Um, someone says Microsoft governing council announcement. I've seen, like, I think today there was a post that was put out about a rumor regarding, you know, like Nintendo, Sony or Microsoft. Um, you know, it's like, Microsoft has partnered with so many different use cases already on Hedera. Like, for example, MTech's CBDC stuff, they're partnered with Microsoft. They're also partnered with MasterCard. Um, I don't know. I see my, I see Microsoft as being a very strong potential governing council member. It's just Lehman has said, you know, they'd like to see more um, diversity on the governing council. So, for example, like a, there's a lot of tech. There's a lot of finance. It'd be cool to see more industries on there. So... You know, micro, the tech sector is kind of, you know, crowded on the governing council. So that's the only knock I see against Microsoft joining. I think the edge that Microsoft has is with AI, but, you know, we already have Google. So it's interesting. Someone else says regulation, right? And the question is, what's the most important thing for an HBAR holder to watch for in 2024? Yeah, regulation, um, one word. I think that pretty much sums it up for a lot of people. That's what we're seeing right now, right? We were talking at the beginning of the show about the Bitcoin ETF stuff. That's what that conversation is about. Um, someone else says the Davos convention. Um, that's a really important one to watch. Davos happens this month. Um, I think it actually happens next week, if I'm not mistaken. Last year that they did Davos, they had the Hedera house, if people remember. Uh, we had a really good pump in H bar, good time all around. Um, now I know that, you know, the, the world economic forum and stuff like that, you know, it's, it, I, everybody has a lot of different opinions on that. I think that in general, just as an H bar holder, just the question, it's like, that is something to pay attention to, you know, regardless of what you think about it, definitely something to pay attention to because it did have a very big effect on the network and on the price of H bar. Um, yeah, someone else says regulation. Um, someone else says uh, governing council member announcements. Oh, someone uh, at uh, Clarity DeFi says uh, the coupon coupon bureau. We talked about that last episode too. The coupon bureau, you know, is uh, seems like they're making progress. So that's another thing to look out for. Someone else says scams. Yeah, definitely look out for scams in 2024. Um, let me see here. Wow, there's a lot of comments on this one. Um, community nodes, of course, Davos. 
Yeah, so I think really like the key takeaways here from the post I did, and I'm going to read some responses from the comments here. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's really kind of like governing council members, community nodes, um, and use cases on the on the Hedera network. I think that's really kind of like what it really comes down to. Uh, someone else says, uh, Neo.Hangry says, and Patches, I'll bring you up in a second, but uh, yep, also says governing council member additions. Um yeah, I think that that's, it's pretty much pretty straightforward, I would say. Um, now, I want to chat with um, Patches. It's really good to have you uh, on the show. I think it's been too long. I think last, no, last time I had you was on episode 100, so it hasn't been too, too long. But I know you're busy. You're working away on stuff. How's the new year uh, treating you so far, man? Yeah, happy new year. Um, it's good. I just had a meeting end early, and I saw that you were still rocking. So I wanted to, oh, yeah. yeah, tune in. Unfortunately, like for some reason, you always do this, and like Wednesday's my meeting day, so I'm always watching you talk, but not actually being able to listen. <laughs> so um, I always do on the podcast, though. But right on. yeah, uh, I'm glad to glad to be able to join. And um, if there's space to talk about new meta that's coming out tomorrow, yeah, uh, I'm here for it. And if not, then I'll uh, just leave on that. <laughs> No, no, let, let's, uh, let's chat a minute. So, you know, you're sharing with me some info you had on like, um, this HCS 20 kind of like, I guess it's a, it's a play on like the B, the, 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 uh, BRC 20 or whatever, whatever it is. And it's using the consensus service for points and different things. So I was really curious about it. I, I kind of read some of the stuff you sent over, but I don't know if you wanted to, to chat about that. It was very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Shout out to Moonshells, um, which is a project we run at Turtle Moon, um, where we're creating and have been trying to create uh, auditable points that aren't fungible tokens for over a year and a half. Um, talking with lawyers, discussing what's the easiest way to do this. Our, our main concern was walking into a compliance arena where we make a fungible token and then Gary Gensler knocks on our door and it's just a horrible right. experience. Right. Um, and, and it's, you know, it's a problem that a lot of people run into. And then it collided with the meta that is BRC20 tokens, which have incepted every network, um, seemingly, except Hedera up until this point. Um, and <clears throat> the benefit of Hedera is that um, when these, you know, when trying to create that, I created a standard that I was going to release, but then BRC20s took off. And so I actually adapted it to accommodate two things. So tomorrow I'll, you know, we'll release the documentation. I have a whole Twitter thread. Um, there's a free tool to download Mac Windows Linux that you'll be able to use to interact with uh, HCS 20s. But the intent is to twofold. One, create a standard that any network in any application could utilize a topic ID to document auditable movement of points from leaderboards for games to Starbucks points and loyalty cards to airline miles. If you want to use a topic ID, which is one one hundredth of a penny to write any one record to, um, to dictate the movement of points, you can use this standard in Hedera, no matter where you are, to have an audible trail that's publicly defined. And the application I wrote um, as Turtle Moon is a indexer, and it will index the uh, validity of transactions and the current balance. And so 
uh, if you're Starbucks, you'll have an application anyone can go to and look at and say, okay, well, my, my balance is this, and these are all the transactions I've had, and I can see everyone's balances are auditable. Or you can see that like Brandon has 10,000 more than he should ever have had. Um, something's fishy there. So it brings the Web3 transparency to any Web2 leaderboard system or any Ethereum. It really opens up the kind of, you know, Hedera's purpose is to make all other networks better mantra. Um, HCS20 is the method in which anyone can make their arbitrary Web2 points auditable. That's that's the main swing. That's what we're doing with our greens for moon shells. Uh, punk points are wrapped up in this. That's the idea. But the second idea is this is essentially inscribing on Hedera as well. Okay. And the main, yeah, the, the first part was the main thing I was trying to solve. But then I adapted the attributes to accommodate ordinals because BRC20s have become a de facto standard on so many networks. So it, if you have a indexer for BRC20s, it'll work mainly for HCS20 or, um, yeah. So that's, that's part of it. Oh, interesting. So this is basically like, um, I've, I've been watching kind of your updates and tweets about kind of the ordinal space and the issues they're having and stuff and, you know, what a great solution Hedera could be. So this is kind of like a little bit of the setup for if they're curious about Hedera, they'd go, oh, all this stuff kind of just works. It, 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 it fits me more like a glove, you know? Yeah, it's um, there's a lot of send it culture, and yeah. <laughs> ordinals has the the problem slash they they would call it a feature, which it makes sense to me. Um, it's extremely expensive to inscribe and to move and to do things, and the blo- the limited block space makes it difficult to do. So um, here we have two modes of HCS twenty. If the topic ID does have a submit key then you can assume that an entity like Starbucks controls all transactions on that some, on that topic ID. And so the, the transactions are calculated just from first is first. If it's a public mode, that would allow essentially BRC20 type movements. So decentralized, public mints, anyone can write anything to that topic ID. Um, there's a proposed topic ID that uh, is in the standard that says it has no submit key. Um, the tool, when you download it, has that topic ID loaded. So if you want to deploy, like you would deploy a BRC20 token, but on Hedera, you can do so with this free tool, Mac Windows Linux. Um, it's open source. Uh, the source code will be released tomorrow as well. And so it's the intention is twofold. One, create a standard for literally every pointing system in the planet that could easily use a topic ID with a submit key to have an auditable system for uh, trust with their users. That's the first part. Second, make a BRC20 DGEN <laughs> topic ID and inscription on Hedera accessible, easy, and fun so that if people want to play with topic IDs and uh, the standard for points sort of more like a BRC20 instead of just auditing, they can do that as well. So it's it's a two two fold knockout, first pass at a standard, and I'm pretty excited to see um, the uptick or non uptick of the public mode. And weird, I lost you there for a second. Yeah, on inscribing. Sorry, yeah. Uh, if people are interested in inscribing, yeah. No, that's awesome. And, and so, okay, so 
you said, um, just for people listening, so topic ID and that, so there's two interesting things. So first is the kind of like the topic ID and what that's all about. And then also something you hit on is like projects and companies want to do things with like points and different stuff like that, but they don't necessarily want to be creating a, you know, coin or something like that, which kind of opens you up to like, you know, trading. And as you said, like the SEC and different things and all sorts of, uh, of things when maybe you just want to have a point system. So like I'm maybe expand a little more and like, what are the differences between this application of effectively creating like, you know, you, you many could view it as like a coin or a token or whatever versus using the token service or a smart contract um, to do it and kind of speaking to what you were talking about is like not wanting to get in, you know, in trouble for doing stuff like that. Yeah, no, that it's, um, it's not replacing fungible tokens at any way. It is giving an option for, I guess like a, the best way to say it is that Hedera consensus service has been described to me as like a blank sheet of paper. And I agree with that. It's so versatile. There's so many, you could fold origami, you could write a graph. There's so many things you could do with a blank piece of paper. What this does is hopefully brings a very simple onboarding point to, Hey, I want to like have auditable points. Now I don't have to think about how to structure my data. Now I don't have to worry about if people can externally audit it. It's trying to just make that blank piece of paper have some structure so that it's easier to adopt. That's that's kind of like the one pass at this. The second, which is more about, hey, I don't want a fungible token. There's 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 three things that it brings. One, there's no new economy you create, and this is something we really went through with Hcraft Punks, where we never wanted to create a fungible token because like thinking of an NFT economy is one thing, but then you you just bolt on a new tokenomic economy that has to also relate to your JPEG economy. And, you know, like most NFT creators and fungible token creators aren't economists. So it's just right, like, right. It, it gets really unwieldy really fast. Um, so there's no ability for a liquidity pool or value expectation externally other than what's dictated by the creator. So it gives a lot of control of an entity that again, with legal compliance Say, hey, there's no liquidity pools. So if I give you, you know, ten thousand greens, you can exchange that for ten thousand H bar. It's an, it's 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 very very difficult for you to do that. So there's legal compliance there, and then the last part is control flexibility, because a topic ID with a submit key, you know, if there's fungible tokens and I give Tata like four million greens by accident to the four thousand, well, that's done, right? Like I can't undo that. Right. Um, in this. I would be able to burn out of his wallet how many I wasn't supposed to give him. And it's not malicious because I'm the entity that is moving these, like a database, I could do the same thing. Game points, I could do the same thing. And then the benefit is now Tata can see that I messed up and that it was corrected through a burn. And now you can ask me why I burnt stuff out of his wallet or it's not a wallet, but out of his his balance. Um, But it's auditable and it's changeable unlike... Like you could wipe with a fungible token, but there's, I think, a different ideological and technical thought process when I look at a fungible token balance rather than a arbitrary JSON HCS20 balance, right? There's a, that, that's the last part is that, that control and then that um, feeling of ownership because you don't own these things. It's not a dictation right. of ownership. It's a dictation of my balance for you on a arbitrary point. I've got you. So the way you're describing is this could effectively work for, uh, you know, Bitcoin ordinals and 
you know, your loyalty points program at your grocery store. Exactly. Right. Okay. Exactly. I dig it. I like this. Well, um, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to move on here in a bit, but I wanted to see if there's any other kind of like highlights you wanted to, to give on this just before we move on. I don't, I don't want to go over too much cause I know you have the, I know you have the article, uh, and the thread coming out <laughs> soon. So I want to keep, people I'm literally on. reading it. So I think I just like, yeah, there's, <laughs> there's no alpha anymore. That was all of it. Right. Um, Love it, dude. But yeah, I would just say, um, Honored to be talking to the H Barbarian of the Year, oh, 2023. Come on, uh, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm pumped to see the show getting all the enhancements. And um, yeah, I took I took like a month uh, to really just clear my head and like conceptualize stuff and not do too much. So I'm pumped to be back in the driver's seat and um, committing stuff and being back in the the ecosystem and seeing some green. So uh, love it. Let's go 2024. It's it's looking really good to me. Uh, about what the opportunities and uh, advancements are going to be in 2024 for Adara. Love it. Love it. Well, that was patches at swirls labs patches. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming by and uh, yeah, I really appreciate you stopping by You're you know, pop by anytime, man. For sure. Clarity. This was patches from turtle moon. Um, <laughs> this is all turtle moon things, right? Okay. Uh, but I also do yes. work this, at swirls in another life. This is, this is patches from turtle moon calling in. We'll have, we'll have patches from swirls on the show at another time. <laughs> yeah. I'll update the PFP. Yeah. And then we'll try to get, and then we'll try to get both of you on at the same time. <laughs> yeah. I'll get an AI bot and get some whisper generation <laughs> going. It'll be good. That would be right, Cheers. Cheers, man. Cheers. Um, yeah, that's a good, that's a good question. Like how long is it going to be until you've got like, um, spaces, streams and stuff that have like fake people in it? You know, like imagine having like an AI spaces host. They're taking my job. They're taking my job. Yeah, if anyone want, if anyone else wants to come up and speak, go ahead. More than happy. Um, I'm going to switch into some other news too. We have some other headlines just to kind of like get the show uh, wrapped up here. But I'm going to just going to refresh my beverage real quick. So, um, yeah, we got some good other news. Uh, let me just, uh, check, 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 check. So there was a, a tweet put out by, we talked about them earlier, Neuron, um, doing that kind of IOT use case with drones and aviation and all sorts of different stuff. We've talked about them on the show. I don't want to talk your ear off about it. Go back and listen to past episodes for more info about Neuron. I just wanted to talk about a tweet that they sent out recently. They got me very excited. I think it may have been before the holidays. I don't know. But they said, quote, if Neuron realizes its ultimate vision, Hedera won't need any other use case to be successful. We're building a marketplace for procuring services peer-to-peer. Aviation data services are a great high-volume use case that demonstrates all the benefits of the technology. So pretty bold statement from Neuron to say, if they realize their ultimate vision, Hedera won't need any other use cases to be successful. That would imply that they would be doing, you know, tens of thousands of transactions a second. If it's HCS or if it's HTS, that'd be a different story. But anyways, pretty bold tweet. Um, I had to mention that. So shout out to Neuron. I love the, uh, 
I love the like wild energy. Um, I dig it. Um, speaking of TPS, just a quick note. I don't know where the TPS is at right now. Um, average TPS is much lower than, than usual. We're at 222 right now. Um, as a lot of folks know, Hedera for a very long time was riding at about 3,000 transactions per second. And um, it dropped quite substantially December 28th down to, where did it drop down to? Down to like 40. So obviously, uh, and this is the thing is people on the outside might look at this and go, oh my God, you know, what's going on? Um, what could be happening? What's gone wrong? But when you look at the Hedera community, there's no... There's no real alarm bells going off right now. Nobody's freaking out. And I think it's because most understand at this point now that because about 95% of the, of the transactions happening on the Hedera mainnet are from Atma.io from Avery Dennison, right? One use case. Um, there will be many, many other use cases that are very similar to Atma.io, but that's the first one. And <clears throat> so that means that it's going to operate at their you know, their business cycle. And we've seen these drop-offs happen regularly with a frequent pattern, right? Like you'll see, a, a, you know, every quarter you'll see a drop-off in transactions, which is most likely Avery Dennison with Atmio doing a quarterly update or review or whatever it may be. And it being the end of the year, as expected, we talked about this on the last episode, it's pretty expected that you'll see a transaction drop-off um, as that, company right as that use case um has their kind of like end of year uh you know kind of review i guess it is but we're still like right now we're still kind of rocking at just over 200 transactions per second um and it's been about i would say almost a week so it's interesting to see uh, and the other thing too that people point out is generally when we um exit that drop off we will resume at a at a higher level so a lot of people are speculating that um as the transactions per second number picks back up it'll be, it'll pick back up and go higher than it was before higher than 3000 transactions per second so we'll have to see i don't think there's any cause for alarm it's just you know good to good to keep an eye on i think at this point we have a pretty good idea of of what it's all about um, Dovu is arriving on Uniswap, which is exciting. So, um, well, has arrived on Uniswap. They announced it on December 21st, just going back a little bit, uh, just before it, I, I took a break from the show as people know, kind of over the holidays. So I, there was a couple stories I wanted to just touch on, but yeah, Dovu Uniswap. And it's a bit confusing, right? Because Dovu started out as a smart contract based token minted on BSC. And then they did that token migration in the fall to HTS on Hedera. Now they're creating new pools um, on other networks, utilizing the wrapped version of Dovu from Hedera. So it's very strange, but it's good to see, right? This is a good thing. This is a, a multi-chain project. Well, I guess it's not a multi-chain project, but the token <laughs> is now available on, you know, uh, the largest exchange, which is great to see. Um, 
something else uh, that was really interesting to see was, um, let me just move this down here. Um, regarding the president of Hedera, Charles, um, we've talked about him quite a bit. He's been president of Hedera for, I guess, like just shy of a month now. And I think, you know, he's doing a really good job. Apparently he, he met with um, Christian and Zenobia just, uh, when did they meet? Just before the holidays. So it's clear that he's kind of hitting the ground running. He's, Charles is also going to be at, um, at Davos in Switzerland. So that'll be really interesting to see. And a lot of stuff he's been doing has been really good. Um, there was a post that he made to celebrate the beginning of the new year where it was like this very serious photo of him kind of like giving himself a, a pump up talk in the mirror. And he's like in 2024, there is but one rule. We don't play games. Um, I kind of like the vibe of this guy. He's not afraid of a good meme, um, posting memes. I think there was that post to do with the clown shoes talking about, um, you know, network costs and stuff. But anyways, he's coming hot and he's also been posting like pretty much every day, like at least one or two really good use cases. Like, um, you know, what you could potentially use the Hedera network for, or, um, what is currently being done on the Hedera network. And I think this is important because again, this is a guy who's got hundreds of thousands of Twitter followers or X followers. And he's got, you know, a lot of people on LinkedIn, like similar amount. And a lot of people read his content and his content has really just like switched to like Hedera maxi territory. Um, and so I dig it. And I mean, it's good content. Like it, it's, you know, what it reminds me of, it reminds me of the type of content that um, people in the Hedera community would be posting in the early days, um, really kind of getting back down to fundamentals, dreaming, thinking big, what could be happening, but also like what's currently happening. And he's retweeting like, you know, saucer swap and community members and different things. So uh, like uh, from a marketing standpoint, I think the the new president of Hedera is doing a great job representing the network really well. Well, again, it'll, we'll have to see actual tangible results that rather than just, you know, tweets or posts. But um, so far, I think it's pretty good. And I mean, um, you know, how long is it going to be until he sets a NFT as his profile picture? Right. I mean. It's only a matter of time before Charles, the Hedera president, gets you know a Hedera NFT, and sets that as his profile picture. That'd be crazy. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll do a post today. I'll be like, "Hey Charles, set your profile picture as an NFT." That'd be hilarious. Um, also, too, uh, there was a great episode of the H Bar Bowl this week that I watched and then the, the, I just wanted to bring up just a couple points that were discussed. It was an episode where there was um, obviously, you know, Brandon from the H bar bowl, uh, Zepsi, who a lot of people know in the community and from the H bar foundation. Um, and then Rob Allen, who is at Australian payments plus on the governing council. So obviously like a very interesting kind of round table and they were reflecting on 2023 and into 2024. And, there's a few interesting things that were said. So just real quick on Dell, Rob said, trust me, they're building up the use cases. And when it hits, it will really hit. So obviously Rob Allen being on the governing council knows about 
what Dell is working on and he's conveying to the community that they are building and when it hits, it will really hit. So that's exciting. Rob is also working with FSEO as we talk around the show quite a bit, FSEO being fresh supply company that is creating the connections for um, MasterCard uh, affiliated companies to use the Hedera network and is also has their use case live on the Hedera um, Rob is working with them on more use cases in banking and sustainability, which is really interesting. Um, Rob also said that we're going to see a lot of announcements similar to the Hyundai announcement because it was kind of spoken of like that Hyundai announcement was, was crazy because sure, you know, Hedera, the foundation, and whomever else probably had a good idea that it was coming, but nobody in the community knew. And it wasn't a governing council member. It wasn't anything like that. It was just a very large company um, announcing they were building on Hedera. And so Rob Allen saying, we're going to see a lot more announcements like that, AKA big companies announcing they're building use cases on Hedera out of nowhere. Rob also said um, he's back at Australian payments plus, and they're working on micropayments um, Zepsi, uh, said, you know, we talk about the pipeline a lot, but there are many use cases that will be organic that we don't know about like drop and Hyundai. So it's worth factoring that in. And that's important to mention is like, I think that as a community, we really focus on this concept of the pipeline, um, and the different use cases that could be coming out of it. But the reality is too, is like, I think that as the network scales and as the community grows, it's like, there's going to be more and more. Um, use cases and announcements that happen like completely outside of that, that kind of maybe blindside people, which is going to be very interesting because um, drop was crazy. Rob is also going to be the, the co-chairman of Corpcom. So the corporate utilization uh, committee. And this is great because he's going to be helping push through enterprise use cases. And he says there's more coming. So honestly, really, uh, you know, Rob Allen is the guy when it comes to payment stuff and enterprise and everything. So that'll be really interesting to see it's, and it's, and it's, Great to see him back in the governing council capacity. Um, he al- he also said this, which was kind of wild, bold statement. He said, Hedera will have, quote, total domination of the refi space. Um, so that's pretty bold. Hedera, uh, he also said, Hedera made a big splash at Davos in a bear. And now it's a bull market. And Charles, the president, will be at Davos. So again, also a very different dynamic at Davos this year. Um Davos last year, we saw a pump in HBAR, but it was a bear market, right? This year, it's a different story, and it's a bull market, so it'll be very interesting to see. Um, also, too, uh, the HBAR bull said, how have people not copied um, the, the like, low fixed fee thing, right? How have other networks not copied that? Um, clearly, it's not technically possible, but it's really interesting to see that. And it's a good observation to have. I think it's a matter of time before another network um, launches with a kind of low fixed fee model. Um, yeah, but it's tough to, it's tough to kind of predict that. It's tough to kind of see that happening. Um, I also wanted to play, this was very, very interesting. I want to play a quick um, clip from the episode, from the HBAR Bull episode of Shane from the H or uh, this is another episode real quick. Sorry. This uh, he did um, the H bar bull did two really great episodes over the holidays. This was from another episode. It was an interview with Shane from the H bar foundation and Mance Harmon from uh, swirls labs, right? Co-founder of Hedera. And they were talking about different things. Um, 
I wanted to play what Shane said. And this was very interesting because Shane talks about um, a cornerstone deal. And it's not really clear about exactly what that is, but the way that he kind of articulates it is very interesting. So let's listen in on this. Um, Very interesting. I'm most excited about some of the deals that we're working on the pipeline that I think will thrust us onto the world stage, honestly. And, and, you know, I think that that is to me early on two and a half years ago, um, you know, myself, co-founder, David Kramer, our COO, and and at the time our CFO, we got in a room and we said, what is it that we need to do responsibly? And we had this idea of a cornerstone deal and we didn't necessarily know what that meant, but it was something that we have been really focused on and targeting and knock on wood, 2024 will be the year that we find that cornerstone deal that will uh, elevate us into uh, the conversation around blockchain and how it's going to solve both consumer and enterprise challenges. Uh, That's what I'm excited about. I think it's been fun working on these opportunities and I want to continue to spend our time there. So that's really interesting right there is like, um, you know, cornerstone deal. And it's obvious that that's something they'd focus on, right? I mean, uh, when you look at, the foundation and different things. It's like they haven't really had that home run yet. And when I say home run, I mean like big brand, big company, big product, millions of users, like all those types of things. So I think that's really what they're kind of touching on is a cornerstone deal. And so he continues on to say, you know, 2024 should be the year that they find that cornerstone deal. They want a massive large scale use case that millions of people will use that will pay for. And they're working on a few projects um, right now that they say kind of could be that cornerstone deal. And again, I don't know what a cornerstone deal looks like. Um, Is it them going to a company that's building on Hedera and doing a deal with them? Or is it them taking someone from zero to one as a startup? Or I don't know exactly what that looks like, but it's to my recollection, the first time that Shane and the foundation have kind of spoken to a you know cornerstone deal and it seems like a pretty pretty big component and a and a big um topic going into the the new year so it's gonna be top of mind for me i'm very interested to see more that's gonna be happening around that you know cornerstone deal um mance also said um at swirls they're gonna be making products so what that means i'm not 100 sure um you know when they talk about making products for the network is that you know, they've made network explorers, but if they want to actually like do those types of things, like, are they going to be building like a wallet or are they going to be building a marketplace or are they going to be building something similar or are they going to be building competing products or I don't know, like it could go one of two ways, like either, you know, they're going to be building types, certain types of reference implementations and open source libraries for different things, or are they going to do like an Apple app store type thing where it's like, you know, hey, here's, you know, our new DAP that stacks up against a few others in the ecosystem and is now kind of competing with those DAP. It'll be interesting. I think that's something that's on my radar for for this year is Swirls Labs um, building products for this ecosystem and and what that kind of looks like. Um, It's because it's not like they haven't, right? But it's going to be really interesting to see. It's going to be really interesting to see is Swirls Labs going to enter a phase of like competing with other dApps on Hedera or something. I don't know. I don't think that's the case. It's just got my brain going. Just got my brain going. Um, 
also too, the H bar foundation is doing a spaces, um, in like an hour and a half at 3 PM Eastern. So make sure to check that out. Um, also too, like I want to do a quick correction of something that I've been talking about in the, in the community we've been talking about, um, or maybe not so much a correction, but just like an observation. We talk about governing council members that are set to expire on the last episode. I was talking about, you know, the 11 or 12 that were potentially on the chopping block and the, you know, there was maybe one that I thought would be a maybe that would be, um, you know, have their term expire or whatever. But, um, Twitter user King crypto one three, three, seven pointed out that the expiration rule doesn't go into effect until all seats are filled. Uh, so my question is, I got to look up where that is. It makes sense. Is it a situation where people will only expire if the governing council is full at that time? Or is it, is it a mechanism where the governing council fills up and then that phase opens? It, it's weird. Like it's weird to think about. I don't, I don't know hundred percent on that. I just wanted to highlight that as a potential kind of note that I'm going to look into um, a little more. Um, also too, uh, real quick, just our last, our last story just revolving around, um, H bar domains. There's a big, big, big announcement out on that, um, from Kabuto. So there's, so there's Hedera name service, right? HNS, um, that's effectively managed by, um, I guess they're called HNS now. Is their domain still hashgraph.name? Let me see here. Should be. I don't know though. But anyways, everyone hashgraph.name, right? Uh, and so the dot hbar domains, right? As we've talked about on the show, they're minted on a topic ID. Um, and hash you know, you 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 want to be able to have multiple providers in the domain space, right? It's very similar to the Web two domain space. They're like, let's look at GoDaddy and Google domains. It's like you buy the domain name, you can move it to any provider you want, and those respective providers don't control domain names, right? That's part of a you know a little bit more of a decentralized organization called ICANN. I don't know, it's not really decentralized, but anyways, no no domain registrar provider has control over domain names. They just provide a service. Whereas on Hedera, it's like we've got hashgraph.name and, you know, the names are recorded to a topic ID and they are, you know, they're not really allowing other providers to mint to that topic ID. And it's, a, it's kind of a, it's caused some confusion in the community and, and conversations. One of these conversations is a proposal by Kabuto to migrate .hbars to a different naming service that would instead of being controlled by a provider could be controlled by a smart contract, um, kind of effectively decentralizing a little, a little bit of it. So, um, there is a GitHub, uh, pull request. There's a few comments. I'm not going to read the contents of the comment on the, on the GitHub post, but it goes into some details about the current situation and some of the numbers behind it and everything. So I found it interesting, but I don't know if it's a, you know, very reliable source, but there is a conversation around this. It's ongoing, but I just wanted to quickly highlight it. I think that the domain space on Hedera is in an interesting phase right now. Um, and we're going to continue to see it mature, but I think first there's going to be a few shakeups. So keep an eye out for that. I'm keeping an eye out for it, but that's the news on, uh, on domains on Hedera real quick too. 
I just want to give another huge, huge thank you to supporters of the show, giving tips to the show, all that stuff. It really means a lot. Um, there's a post pinned to the top there with some information on how to, you know, support the show and send a tip. It's just a, a Hedera address, you know, send some H bar. Um, and it allows me to grow the show. Um, we got, a, we got a lot of H bar, uh, contributed last year. So, you know, was able to buy some new equipment and do a bunch of stuff for the show. Um, so yeah. And I mean, you know, we've covered every major news story. We've had a lot of great guests recently. I had Dave from take on, on that was a fantastic, fantastic conversation. I'm also looking forward to interviews. I'm going to have this year. I'm going to put out a maybe post later today asking who people would like to see on the show as a guest. That'd be really interesting. That would be very interesting to see. Um, yeah, it's a, the show's all live, ad-free, no sponsors, community-supported, independent. That's what it's all about, right? I mean, the people that support the show are the people that listen all the time, right? That's what I've noticed is people who really listen to the show um, send a tip, send a contribution, and help grow the show. It's just amazing. It's a great community. Um, and, you know, they support it because it's like a, a way to easily kind of control the show in a way, like control the growth of the show. It's like if if the community wants more of the show by, con by contributing HBAR, it's like sends me a signal of, okay, I've got to work through my to-do list I have for myself of all the new things I want to do for the show. Um, instead of just kind of, you know, doing things when necessarily maybe people don't want it quite yet. So it's a great mechanism to kind of let the show find its pace, make sure that it's doing what it needs to do, you know? Um, and yeah, you can support it by, you know, sending HBAR. Also, Galaxy, you know, Galaxy is a great platform, social media uh, app on Hedera. You can DM cryptocurrency. It's pretty crazy. Um, and uh, yeah, huge, huge thank you to uh, all supporters of the show. Yeah, and I mean, this episode was a great one. First episode of the year, getting booted up, um, have made a lot of changes in the back end about kind of the format of the show. I'm continuing to improve it. I listen to a lot of listener feedback about how to make the show better. Um, so continuing to do that. Um, and yeah, I think that, you know, this week's episode really is like, um, I think the key takeaway here is that as we enter the new year, as we've learned last year, it's really difficult to know what's going to happen. It's, there's that quote, there's that saying, you know, it's easy to overestimate what will happen in one year and easy to underestimate what will happen in 10 years. So I think that right now, you know, as we reviewed the community answers to the question I asked is like, what should H bar holders be focused on in 2024? I think overall it was the big picture. You know, I think that through a bear market, we have to really focus on the fundamentals. We have to really grind and hustle. But I think that as we enter the end of a bear market into a bull market, um, I think that, you know, it's maybe it's time to pull back a little bit, right? Maybe it's time to, to, to think a little bigger um, and look at the bigger picture a little more like we talked about at the beginning of the show, all the Bitcoin ETF stuff, you know, you could say on the surface, uh, that doesn't really have anything to do with Hedera, but it kind of has everything to do with Hedera, you know, like these are just the pathways in which this 
entire industry grows, right? So I don't know. I think that, you know, when we look at the, you know, when we look at everything that happened, this is, this episode was kind of covering the last two weeks. I think it really comes down to that. It's like everyone's reflected on last year. Um, everyone's looking ahead, but I think they're looking ahead with like a little bit of a broader lens uh, with a little bit of a bigger picture. Um, huge thanks to, uh, patches for stopping by. It was great to hear about, uh, you know, the, uh, HCS 20 and all the cool things that'll bring. It's pretty, pretty amazing to see a use case on Hedera come online that will facilitate the goals of both ordinals and yeah, again, like your local gas station points. It's kind of crazy. Like that's, that's very web three. Um, Huge shout out again to supporters of the show. Appreciate you guys. Um, this has been episode 107 of the Hashgraph Enthusiast show titled You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet. That's really what I what I feel about this is I really think that, um, you know, as it goes in crypto, uh, the, the next ride up will be 10 times sooner, 10 times bigger, and 10 times dumber than we could ever imagine. Um, and yeah, that's what this weekly news and interview show is all about, right? Chatting about Hedera, chatting about HBAR, chatting about the crypto space. Um, and you can listen to the show live and recorded, right? So it's live right now. I'm doing it right now on, on X spaces every Wednesday at 12 PM Eastern, 9 AM Pacific. And then it goes up live the next day, Thursdays on YouTube and Apple podcasts and Spotify and all those other places. So check it out, subscribe. Um, all that good stuff. Thank you so much, everyone, for, you know, again, like sharing, subscribing, reviewing the show, engaging. That's another thing. When you review the show on Spotify and Apple, um, it definitely helps a lot. Um, and all the info about the show, everything you need, like I said, is at the brand new website, hashgraph.news. Check it out. All the past episodes are there, too. You'll find this episode recording on there um, tomorrow which I'm really looking forward to, but yeah, it's good to be back. New year. We're three days into it. It's been good so far. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see kind of, you know, how people's views change on crypto outside of the, this kind of bubble, you know, in the, the in IRL with all the things happening, you know, and with that hello future, goodbye past. Thanks for listening to the Hashgraph Enthusiast Show, hosted by Brandon Davenport. Listen to past episodes and support the show at itsbrandond.com slash hbar.